0: Good evening, everybody. My name is Rana Ayub. I'm a global opinions writer with the Washington Post, and here on my Substack, I produce articles, investigations, and my podcast. Today is a podcast um, that I'm going to, that I am recording on the state of affairs of India over the last three days, um, when we were just coming to terms with the brutal videos that emerged from Manipur of gang rape and violence uh, in the state for the last three months, and the complete silence of of mainstream media and the Indian population, not just about Manipur, but about the northeastern states, and to that extent also um, Kashmir, where recently uh, news has come in that journalists uh, critical of the establishment, not e- even for that matter, who are just reporting on what's happening, have had to submit their passports. Now, this is not the first time something brutal has happened to Kashmiri journalists. Uh, I've always said that Kashmiri journalists are, are by far much, much braver than journalists in India because um, they do not just bear the cost of reporting, but also the cost of distance because very often we do not speak for Kashmiri journalists as much as we should. So Kashmiri journalists have found their passports revoked, Have they have been stopped from traveling Uh, In the past, they've been stopped at the airports, and um, this has been happening in the country. And in the middle of all this, three days ago, um, sometime in the evening, a video emerged, which went viral on social media. It was of a railway protection force of constable, who was on escort duty. He He fired about 12 rounds from his automatic service rifle. Constable Chetan Singh is 33 years old and he was in a train which started from Bombay. He was with his colleague. Uh, He was with a senior who he first shot. And then he went around shooting three of his victims. Three of the victims happened to be Muslims. And it was not just one coach, one compartment. He traveled to different coaches where he killed somebody who was a bangle seller. Um, You know, all three uh, came from lower middle class families. And then, while one of them was still struggling for his life, he stood on one of the bodies and, and invoked Narendra Modi and Yogi Ritanath and said, if, if you want to live in this country, then Modi and Yogi. And then he starts speaking about the influence of Pakistani-based people, you know, the kind of language that you hear on the mainstream media. Now, all of this, this incident when it happened, uh, we all knew something like this is going to happen. We are witnessing lynchings routinely in this country. I remember the first time a lynching happened in India. It was national headlines. I remember NDTV, various news publications. I have been on debates where where even the worst of humans um, uh, you know, were angry and outraged, whether it was Pehlu or Junaid or Akhlaq uh, or the child who was killed in the train when he had gone for his Eid celebration. There was outrage. Of course, there was a fact that one of them, the killers of one of the person who was lynched, was later garlanded by the Union Civil Aviation Minister. This is not something that has happened in isolation. As we talk, Haryana, Gurugram, Nu are burning. Are burning, in a, are burning with... In a very communally sensitive situation an imam of a mosque has been murdered the night before this is a this is this is a maulana who spoke about hindu muslim unity in a video that has gone viral and he was brutally killed before he was murdered he spoke to his family and he said it's all going to be fine because there are cops who are going to protect him Clearly people who have seen what cops have been doing in this country uh, by now know that having a cop at your doorstep is, is not a, any form of reassurance. Um, there was uh, apparently there were Muslims who had pelted stones at a Hindu rally, a VHP Bajrangal rally. And over the last couple of days before the rally took place, uh, controversial Hindu fundamentalist figures. Have put out videos on TikTok and various other, uh, or or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, where they're speaking about attending the rally in big numbers, and and there have been provocations. There have been they have been telling people to leave the, uh, especially the people from the Muslim community to leave. Uh, pred- uh, predominant amongst these names is a man called Monu Manesar. Uh, a, a self-confessed cow vigilante who the Haryana police has not been able to nab yet, who has been giving interviews to television media, but but the police has not been able to arrest him. Um, so there are videos every day of uh, communal violence. Most of the people who reside in, in Haryana, uh, the ones who are working as domestic help or migrant laborers are escaping. They're leaving. Some of them do not even afford, cannot even afford to leave because this is their existence this is their sole existence where they work in these places that has been taken away from them people are leaving houses are locked this is literally two hours from the national capital i saw another video this morning of uh, of leaders of and and of right-wing parties namely Bajrang dal there's a rally which they have taken in haryana the, it's a it's 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 purportedly from the 2nd of august where it's a large crowd of at least 5,000 people, saffron flags, saffron caps, uh, where they are saying, uh, we know the meaning of this. Basically, shoot the traitors, shoot the mullahs. um, And they're giving Muslims a two-day ultimatum to leave. In the middle of all this, there is demolition of 250 Muslim houses allegedly of those who pelted stones while the while the police has still not seen the videos of these people who are carrying out positions asking for muslims asking for genocidal calls of muslims but 250 muslim houses are being raised down and this is happening literally an hour from the national capital i i I posted, a, I posted something on my Instagram today, whether it was of, of the constable who killed three Muslims in a hate crime, whether it is the hate rallies which are happening. Um, three months ago, I, I, I reported and documented, documented hate rallies in Mumbai about love jihad and land jihad, where nine-year-old kids are holding posters and placards asking for the Abdul to be shown his place. The Abdul is, of course, a reference to Muslims genocidal slogans are being given every single day you have the chief minister of assam himanta biswas who said that, who said in a reference to a barack obama interview that we have our own hussein obamas to deal with and here is a man who said mia musliman are to be are to be responsible for price hike for you know for for inflation of vegetable prices When you have these genocidal speeches being given, when you have leaders giving these speeches with impunity where they are blaming the Indian Muslim for every problem that this country is facing, how then do you see a hate crime in isolation? How then do you see the Prime Minister's silence in isolation? How do you see this as an isolation? I was a journalist. In, I was. I was a relief worker in Gujarat. I was not even a journalist in Gujarat. When everybody said Modi looked the other way, I have. I. I saw the relief camps during two thousand and two, where Pravind and Bajrang Dal leaders, and VHP leaders gave provocative speeches. What was Prime? What was Chief Minister Modi doing then? He was silent. He was silent. So, for the well-meaning friends who said. Um, Hiro Modi was not complicit in 2002. There is a a Supreme Court um, observation by Justice Arijit Pasayat in an open court in the Best Bakery case. He said, modern day Nero's were looking the other way as innocent women and children were burning. This is Supreme Court observation in the year 2004. Another Supreme Court observation came in three days ago when the Supreme Court observed that the ones who are supposed to protect the women of Manipur looked the other way. And the same thing is repeating itself in Haryana as we talk as Muslim houses are being burnt and mosques are being burnt. And some of our well-meaning friends are still saying, let's talk about both sides. The both sides, I believe, is, is the reason where we are today is the reason where we stand today because we believe in this false equivalence because we do not believe in calling out crime apartheid when we see it we are where we are because we constantly play the both sides narrative you constantly call it clashes and riots i am sorry when one side has leadership has political will has the weapons has the has has the administration has the political powers has the numbers has the cadres and the other side has been left to de- to defend itself do you still want to call it both sides do you still want to call it a riot so we need we as media we need to fix our obsession with playing the false equivalence this afternoon when my father was leaving for his friday prayers my father wears the muslim skull cap right and my nephew goes uh to offer friday prayers with him they, they apply the itar. he and my father has you know all the all the visual uh markers of a muslim he has this namaskatika this dark patch on his forehead um he wears he has a beard he wears a kurta pajama he looks like a muslim right um proudly so but today when he was leaving i wondered if he should remove his skull cap because that's all you need today to be lynched By a mob which is bloodthirsty, which is bloodthirsty with the idea of victimhood that is being drilled in in the average Hindu by the people who rule us. We need to take a deep, hard look within us. This is not a reported podcast. This is something which I have been meaning to talk about. You know, when when, when Mr. Modi was in the US and some of us were critical about the human rights uh, violations in India, some well-meaning people said, this is India's moment in the sun, let's not disturb it by talking about the democratic violation, by talking about the human rights violation, as if human rights violation do not matter, as if human lives do not matter it is time for each one of us to introspect why we are where we are in 2023 what brought us to this place it is not just lack of empathy it is not just the mainstream media there's something rotten within us something broken fundamentally which we need to look within i'll i'll follow this up with a reported piece from haryana where i'm traveling for the next few days um in the meantime this is all i had to say thank you for listening in